Hey, Matt. Yeah. Playoffs. Uh, what, playoffs? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Playoffs. Yeah, it's that time. On the Talking Bear Football podcast. Right here on WestBranch.Football. Presented by the Browns West Branch family of dealerships. The postseason is upon us. We will get into that and much, much more. But first, part of that much, much more is West Branch over Wilton in week eight, 28 to 12, the final, to solidify the Bears as the runner-up in Class 1A District 5 football. Matt, 28 to 12, was that a surprise to you, the score? Or was it what we, well, obviously it's kind of what we'd hoped for, but what were your first thoughts of that score, that that performance? Yeah, I mean, I I think it was about what we expected. Um, I think the Bears' defense, they as good as they are, they weren't going to hold Wilton scoreless, or there weren't going to be plays in that game to where Wilton moved the ball down the field, because um, they 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 have some really good good players on on their offense. You know, Ormsby at quarterback. Um, uh, Hull running back, Kirkman receiver, you know, um, you know, they, they did some good things in that, in that game. Um, but I think West Branch just came up, uh, came out better in the situations where it mattered. Some fourth down situations, uh, interceptions, uh, two interceptions at opportune times. Um, you know, that, that defense is the side of the ball that's going to give us a chance in any game moving forward. I, I agree. But the offense did some things that it needed to do, Stephen. Up an up front and mostly including a guy by the name of Andy Henson. I mean, twenty five carries, two hundred thirty six yards, four touchdowns. I that that's pretty pretty good night, yeah. I <laughs> I think he did his job. I think those uh seven guys up front when you include the double tights, um, and then the receivers and stuff too, I mean yeah, it was just a night where, I mean, you look, the opening drive of the ball game, we go 10 plays, or 8 plays, and just chunked it out on the ground. Boom, 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 boom. Got down the field and scored a touchdown. So, yeah, we did the things we needed to. I mean, honestly, we had, let's see, looking at my sheet, we had 8 drives. If you take away 2 plays right before halftime and 1 play right at the very end of the game, or 2 plays right at the end of the game, so basically the last 40 seconds of each half, so we had six drives, we had four rushing touchdowns, and then twice we got down inside the 30, we just happened to turn it over on downs. And it was not like it was a fourth and forever, it was fourth and manageable, and we just came up just short on those. So yeah, the offense moved the ball up and down the field, and we said it during the game, as we get into week nine, which is the first round of the playoffs, week 10, week 11, and beyond, you know, you got to make sure that you're capitalizing on every opportunity that you get because the defenses are going to be a lot tougher. The offenses are going to be a little bit tougher, putting more pressure on your defense. And you just have to make sure that you take advantage and you, you know, really cherish each time you have the ball and make the most of it. Well, here's a good stat that, that kind of goes into that. Uh, outside of two Carver, Carver Belk kneel downs at the end of the game, the Bears offense had a total of three negative plays. Two short uh, a lot of uh, rushes for a loss and then a false start penalty. That's it for the whole game. Just positive play after positive play after positive play. Um, and I think that's a good sign for this offense. And that's something that they need to continue to do. 
uh, as we head in the playoffs, I mean, we, we aren't a big play type of offense. I mean, yeah, every once in a while we'll get a 70 yard touchdown run from Andy Henson. Like we did Friday. 74. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just rounding. I was, yeah. Um, but so, so I guess, yeah, we just need to continue doing that stringing together, positive play after positive play, and then make it count in the red zone to get into the end zone. So you're telling me West branch played an entire football game with one offensive penalty. Uh, according to my notes here, we had four penalties for 50 yards. We had a face st- false start, we had a pass interference, we had a face mask, and we had an unsportsmanlike conduct on a kick return. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you the last time, but many team, a team played a high school football game with only one penalty on its offense, and it was not a holding penalty. Right. That's Well, there's holding on every play. There is. It just doesn't <laughs> always get called. But if you can replicate that, performance on the stat sheet right probably gonna look good as we get forward but 28 to 12 was the final Matt. how did we get there so we'll start on the beavers first drive of the game they got the ball first they drive it down into west branch territory but kind of as i mentioned earlier a key four down stop um and also a key interception holden arneman intercepts an armsby pass bears take over at the 16 Take it all the way down the field, as Steven said, for an eight-play, 84-yard scoring drive, capped off by an Andy Henson four-yard touchdown run. PAT was no good. Uh, Bears lead 6-0. After a couple change of possessions in the second quarter, uh, the Bears get the ball back on their own 26, and Andy Henson breaks loose for a 74-yard touchdown run. They go for two to try to make it a 14-point game, and they are successful on a uh, Carver Belk run. Beavers get back into the game on their next drive with a short touchdown run from Ormsby. Two-point conversion is no good. 14-6 Bears at the end of the first half. On the Bears' first drive of the second half, Carver Belk finds a wide-open Cash Woody for a 44-yard completion down to the four-yard line. Uh, Stephen Grace, that was kind of a fun play. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it was the uh, fake bubble, and Carver had an excellent play fake with his shoulders. I mean, he really sold that he was throwing on the bubble route, I think, to Peyton underneath. And you had outside linebacker, corner, safety, all three that just started sprinting up towards the line of scrimmage trying to get to Peyton. And suddenly you see Cash Woody just streak down that near sideline. And Carver just lofted it. Cash ran right under it, got it into his arms. And uh, fortunately for Wilton, unfortunately for Cash Woody, uh, Caden Kirkman with that 6'8 frame was able to get a good angle and chased Cash down and brought him down just inside the five-yard line. Otherwise, it would have been about a 50-yard touchdown. But, yeah, just well-drawn-up play and perfectly executed by everybody, but especially Cash just getting open and Carver making that play fake, getting everybody to bite on Peyton Miller. Yeah, so on the next play, first and goal, Andy Henson gets into the end zone for his third touchdown of the night um, and his second one uh, of four yards. Thetherlands PAT is good, 21-6, West Branch early uh, third quarter. Jumping to the early part of the fourth, the Beavers pull within nine on a short touchdown run from Ormsby, 21-12, West Branch. Um, but then, you know, West Branch kind of puts it away after that uh, on their next drive with an 11-play, 70-yard drive finished off by an Andy by Andy Henson's fourth touchdown run, uh, this time a 19-yard run. Is that good? Four touchdowns? That, that, that seems kind of good. Four touchdowns in a he, game. That, that. Yeah, I I I take that every week. I mean, that, that's what they call in track. That would be called a a PR, and it was for his rushing yards as well. So, 
so that, I mean, I want to talk about that drive for a second because that drive had two big third down conversions uh, on passes from Carver Belk, one of them to Holden Arneman, and then the second one to Brady Hunger. Um, kind of a, a fun play that Brady talked about with Jared Tiley on the, uh, after the game. So check out Brady's interview on uh, westbranch.football for that. 28-12 to 12 West Branch at that point. And, you know, if the game wasn't already in hand for West Branch, Cash Woody uh, kind of seals the deal with an interception near midfield. My uh, picked hook. Uh, two kneel, kneel downs later, and the Bears win 28-12. to 12. That That is a nice score. Anytime you're on, when, when the Bears are on the top of the scoreboard, we feel pretty good about it here, here on, on the podcast and in the webcast and in the community for that matter. But as Matt said, uh, talked about some of those key plays, and you look, you hear these names that we don't hear often. You hear big plays on big drives coming from, they're not from a, a an Andy Henson, who you're going to hear about a lot, or a Carver Belk, who you're going to hear about a lot. You're hearing from Brady Hunger, one of the unsung heroes, maybe his second or third reception on the entire season, and Holden Arneman, making a, a sophomore, making a big catch at a big time. Well, I think that's probably one of the key things for this team, guys, is, you know, coaches talked about it a lot this week, especially, you know, you've got a group of guys that really don't care who gets their name in the paper. They don't care who gets their name in the stat sheet. They want to work together as 11 guys or 25 guys or however many on the squad and do what's best for West Branch football in this team. And so, they don't care if Andy's the one that has got the hot hand and he gets 240 yards rushing in the night. You know what? This week, it might be something where Peyton or Brady Hunger or Reese Trapania, somebody gets a hot hand receiving-wise, and they're the ones that go off. Andy won't care. He'll be perfectly fine saying, you know what? We're getting points on the board. We're winning. That's all that matters. And so, I mean, it's a really unselfish group that really is team-focused, team-oriented, and, you know, they just are finding ways to mesh and work well together. And it's just great to see that progress as the season has gone on. When there are, there are two guys I want to point out specifically. I, I mean, I feel like we've talked about them every week, the past few weeks, but Kinnick Belk, um, there was, I mean, his blocking ability on offense for kind of a wingback receiver type of position is awesome. Uh, especially for the kind of kid, his size you know, he's not a huge muscular, you know, 250 pound kind of guy, um, but he's blocking and uh, making, allowing like, you know, those throw out to throw out to Peyton Miller, Andy Henson rushes around the end, all that kind of stuff, making those things happen. There was one specifically on Andy's 19 yard uh, touchdown run uh, there in the fourth, I think it was, um, where he, Kinnick, uh was on the left edge. He sealed uh, that left side of the line. And I think Wyatt Federland was maybe out there too, leading Andy. And those two just made a really nice cutback lane for Andy to, uh, to go into the end zone to, to get that touchdown. Um, but then Kinnick on defense too, his tackling is phenomenal. Uh, he rarely misses one. He's always there making plays. Um, and then another shout out to Kale or yeah, to Kale Seidel. Uh, he had the, uh, pleasure of taking on, uh, Kirkman all night. Who's what a foot taller than him probably at least like maybe literally inches. a foot taller um and there were what two or three plays to where Ornsby just kind of threw it up to Kirkman because you know that's typically gonna work 
And, you know, one of them, Kirkman had to make a heck of a catch uh, to outmuscle Kale, um, who had incredible positioning on that ball. I don't know how Kirkman came down with it. It almost seemed like a tie. Uh, you know, they both they both caught it. Tie goes to the offense. I know. But then there was another one, too, I think, uh, headed towards the, the north end zone that, that Kale was defending Kirkman. And again, just right there perfect coverage you can't ask for anything more and it's just incredible coming from a kid who's what five seven maybe uh 160 70 pounds you know what's special about him though jay bird what's that he's a wrestler (laughs) he is a wrestler we could talk about another part of the game where he showed a little wrestling little wrestling savvy but we won't get into that that's not important to germane to the importance of the scoreboard and and the gameplay per se so here you talked about Kenick Matt. You kind of touched upon it defensively, but he had the he had the assignment of of holding off the edge many many times. I think at minimum minimum five times you got that guy going one on one against that bowling ball that's going down the going down the alleyway. Oh, getting to this trying to get to the second level defense bowling ball known as Jackson Hole. And he's one-on-one and made five tackles, at least, of his 11 on the outside. And if he doesn't make those tackles, that, that who knows how far he would have gone down the sideline. It could be a different story. Could be a completely different story. I'm sure his bell was ringing a little bit on some of those, but he kept going, stepped right back into the bull ring and, and kept trying again. And that's all you can ask, and that's, what, that's the kind of savvy and just you know determination that you ask for out of a football player. So, statistically speaking, you know, you look at the total offense. West Branch came out of that game with a total offensive performance of 382 yards. Wilton has 230, 250 if you look at their their stat page on uh, Iowa Varsity Bound. Our stats officially say 230 home stats. I had 232, so I, I side with our guys. So, I'll go with, we'll go with 231 to 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 take it up. But at any rate, you got that that the Bears completely dominated it. And then you look at the time of possession, I'm thinking, okay, maybe that played a role. But oh no. Wilton actually had the football six minutes longer than West Branch did on Friday night. So I think Matt really made a point early on in the podcast here talking about how the Bears made the most of every time they touched the football. Not one punt. I can't remember the last time the Bears played a football game and they didn't have to punt. Well, and to flip that around, I mean, we talked about what West Branch did. You look at Wilton's drives, interception, punt, turnover on downs, touchdown, punt, touchdown, interception. Again, seven possessions. They had two turnovers and a turnover on downs, two punts. So, makes a big difference right there. It does. And on the scoreboard, the difference was West Branch getting more points. And with that 28-12 to victory, boys, that means there's more football to be played. And there we, we will get to who the Bears will play next in just a little bit. Other scores around the district, Matt, I know there was a very high-scoring game at Minneapolis on Friday. Yeah, L&M, Minneapolis. Um, yeah, as we've talked about, L&M had uh, essentially forfeited the rest of the season. Um, so Minneapolis gets the gets the credit in the win column there. 
Um, yeah, so, and then the other, only other district game going on, Durant and Regina. Uh, kind of a, one that had a lot of, I think Wilton was kind of watching that one very closely as well. Yeah, they... Uh, from a points perspective uh, type of thing. But, yeah, Regina came out victorious in that one, 34-16. to 16. It was, it was a battle through. At one point it was it was 20 to 9 or 20 to 8, then it was 27 27 to 16 and then Regina got a late touchdown to put it out really out of reach at 34 to 16 and by doing that they put the playoff perspective out of reach for Wilton with their loss to West Branch. Yeah, so Regina finished 5 and 0 in the district in first West Branch second with at uh, 4 and 1. Minneapolis in third at two and three. Durant in, well, technically fourth at two and three. Wilton in fifth at two and three. And LM at 0 and five in last. So somebody somebody explained to me how the whole uh, point differential stuff went down Friday and how Wilton went from playing for second to uh, being out. <laughs> well, we kind of explained that last week a little bit, didn't we? Matt and Steven, um, really quickly, one a little side note here. I'm sure that the folks in Wilton are disappointed that they didn't make it, that they are five and three overall, and Durant finished the season at two and six overall, and that and they beat Durant and they didn't make it. I do believe West Branch had a, a similar scenario earlier <laughs> about 15 years ago to where they finished eight and one and defeated the team that won the tiebreaker three-team tiebreaker, but that's the way the rules are played out there. But to explain the 17-point rule, it's this. In the in the event of a tie, which we had one on Friday night, a th- after Friday, we had a three-way tie in district standings, district games only, between Wilton, Durant, and Minneapolis, all finished with two district wins. They will go to the 17-point rule, 17-point differential rule. 17 would be your max score for five district games. Negative 17 would be your minimum, your worst possible score for those five games. If you win by one point, you get one point toward your differential. If you lose by one point, you lose one point toward your total differential. Well, West Branch won by 16 on Friday. So basically take all five games, how much you won by, and then subtract how many, how much you lost by. And that's how you come up with a differential. And unfortunately for Wilton, when they lost, they just lost a lot. They lost by 49 points to Minneapolis, which seven goes for 17. They lose by 16 to West Branch. Whereas Duran only lost, you know, they had some close games with these teams and they beat Minneapolis. So that's a long winded explanation, but all told Stephen, it, it, it came out the way the rules are set up. Yeah. And the other hard piece of that, that, you know, doesn't help Wilton any is when it's a three-way tie, you know, you can't really say, well, let's do this tiebreaker and then go back to other, you know, the first tiebreaker is head to head. And so if say Wilton had beat Mediapolis and Durant, but then lost to everybody else, they would have had the tiebreaker because they had beat the two teams that they tied with. But since Wilton beat Durant, Durant beat Meepo, Meepo beat Wilton, then the next tiebreaker from there, they go down to that point differential. And so then they just base it off of that. So Yeah, and it was it was close. Minneapolis had a positive point six, Durant had a negative one, and Wilton had a negative six point two. 
and that's un- that's just unfortunate for Wilton. They had a had a good strong start, a good season, and don't hang your head, Beers. You've got a lot of strong football players returning, and I can tell you this: you have the train is coming from down below on those younger grades. They have some very very big and very talented players in the eighth grade class and the freshman class that are on their way. Well, they had what four or five freshmen that played Friday night. Yeah. And not just, hey, we're out there to be on a kick return just as a blocker. I mean, they're three main kick returners. The guys that get the ball were freshmen, and backup running back was a freshman. This is this is a team that they say, they call it, you're on the come up. They're, they are just that. Ryan Hetzler, Coach Ryan Hetzler is a good, really, truly is one of the good guys in, in the high school coaching field in eastern Iowa and all over the state. I'm sure uh, he's disappointed, but if he looks here in a week, the sun's going to rise, and next season, look out for Wilton. They're, they're going to be right there in the mix. So before we get to talking about week number nine, let's take a break and hear from a sponsor. Main Street Suites is your hometown sandwich and ice cream shop located in the heart of downtown West Branch between the Serving Cafe and Touched by Power Main Street Suites offers great burgers, tenderloins, cheese balls, and more. And don't forget the ice cream. Main Street Suites, locally owned and operated by my wife Jessica and me, where we're always proud to support our hometown. Matt had it set up for over-under final results is what we're going to talk about next. We've hinted at it throughout the year, throughout each program, each week. And Matt had it tallied up through last week, and now he's got it fully tallied, and I'm sure... He's going to want to tell you all about it. Stephen and I probably aren't going to want to listen. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we had a, a few categories that we were somewhat close on and uh, needed some things to happen Friday in order for some overs to hit or for some unders to stay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so for our first category, 223.5 points scored uh, in the in the uh, regular season. Ended at 209. So... 14 and a half short. Jason and Steven, you had the over and I had the under. So tally one for me there. Uh, over under 127 and a half points allowed. Uh, Bears defense 102, uh, which is, what is that? 102 divided by 8. 12, almost 13 points a game. That's That's pretty good. I'd say I'd take that. Yeah, that's less than the sixteen and so you a half go or whatever. Twelve point seven five points over in next. If that were possible next Friday, I'd take it. Go thirteen points right now and not play the the other team. Not play the game. I got a feeling where West Branch will win because well, then there'd be no defense. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So Jason, Stephen, you both had the over on that one, and I had the under. Over under Andy Henson ninety nine hundred thirty five and a half rushing yards. Uh, yeah, he got that. Eleven oh eight on the season, um, so blew that over out of the water. We all had the over there. Over under one and a half non-quarterback pass attempts. We eclipsed that one last week. Um, three for the season, and we all had the over there. Over under ten and a half interceptions. Uh, had two of them. I think we needed four. Yeah, we needed four, five going into four, five. Yeah, I think it was five. Well, f- yeah, five to hit the over uh, going into Friday. We got two of them. Uh, we got half of them. Um, but, yeah, so Jason, you had the over there. Stephen and I had the under. 
Then over or under one and a half special teams touchdowns. Still just that one opening kickoff, Mac Valley. Hey, I got it right this time. Uh, we all had the over there. Um, yeah, just that's a that's a hard one to predict because mm. things kind of have to go go just right. Well, you look at you know Friday night Wilton, not a strong kicking game, so they were you know kicking it short. We were just falling on it, so we didn't really have a chance for a kick return. I mean, we had a chance for a punt return, but yeah, just there's a lot of other factors that go into it there. Yep. So totals here, Jason, you uh, got correct on two of them. Steven, you had three, and I had five. In, in our defense, Stephen, if you look at the at our choices on the majority of them, we chose on the side of optimism <laughs> on all most of the categories. Don't play that card. Oh, I played it. Matt Matt was more pessimistic. No, you know what? I'm the just Bears being are realistic. The playoffs. Oh, you're realistic. Yeah, mm-hmm. fun hater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations, Matt. Tell him what he won, Stephen. Oh, thanks. Yeah. When, when um, you get the chance to say that you won. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to round one, which is week nine. Matt, Stephen alluded to the words week nine earlier in the program. Well, it is now week nine, which is normally the final season, final game of the regular season. In 2021, the powers that be said, this is going to be the first round of the postseason and the bears for the small classes for the smaller classes 2a 1a and a 3a 4a 5a which and i don't really care about the other ones i'm in 1a and i'm staying there so but for them good luck have a great regular season finale we're gonna go into the postseason this week and the postseason begins in west branch Woohoo! another home game at matt go ahead and give the the it's uh butch peterson field at the little rose bowl on oliphant street in historic downtown West Branch. Sponsored by somebody? No? No. Nope. Okay, no. Nope. Okay. But that's where the game's going to be on Friday. And the opponent? The Cardinal Comets from Eldon, Iowa. Cardinal, Iowa, I've heard before too, but it's the <laughs> same. It's the same school. Same team. Five and three overall on the season. They finished their their district season at two and three. They started strong, fellas. Mm-hmm. Five consecutive wins. They can put up a lot of yards in a lot of ways in a hurry. Unfortunately, when they saw the Sigourney Kyoto, the Pella Christians, and perennial powerful team, Pleasantville, West Branch knows them well. It's never beat them in the playoffs, but let's not go into that. They lost their final three games of the season, but they still limp right into the third spot, and they get to play West Branch. Probably a team that they look at and say, hey, wow, they've lost two games this year. Maybe this is the year we get West Branch, and it could very well be. And if they do that, gentlemen, all it takes is a quick look at the stat sheet, and Maddox Jones is probably going to be the player to make whatever happen happen on Friday night in West Branch for the comments, Stephen. Um, he had 760 yards passing this year in two games alone. <laughs> yeah. That, that's kind of good. He had 437 against Davis County. He had 324 against Sigourney Kyoto. The He's a tall, athletic, mobile quarterback. He's got a good arm, good vision. He's got some good receivers that he's throwing to, in particular, Griffin Griner. Um, but, yeah, I just watching a little bit of their film just to get an idea of what they do, and this may hurt some people, but kind of reminds me a little bit of the Purdue Boilermakers, just in terms of they put a lot of pressure on you 
you got to get your defensive front to be able to get some pressure on the quarterback, but they don't give you time to get that pressure. I mean, they try to get the ball out pretty quick. And so um, they do a lot of different things. They've got, like I said, some talented receivers, and it's going to be really key for our front guys to be able to get some pressure, get there quick, and make Jones just a little bit more uncomfortable in what he's trying to do. And you watch this kid, you watch him, and he's he's really calm, really cool under the collar when he's in the pocket. He doesn't he doesn't make many mistakes. I mean, as as noted when you look at the statistics, twenty two touchdowns on the season versus four interceptions. So for every five, to, every one interception, he's throwing five touchdowns, Matt. Yeah, uh, just just phenomenal. Um, and he's also you know. Um, He's got uh, some skills on the ground, too. Um, yeah. He's the team's third leading rusher, uh, 240 yards on the season. I mean, that doesn't sound like much, but... Uh, Hold know. on. Hang on just a second. It's been updated. He's got 342 yards on the season. Yeah, he went and off four- for like 110 on Friday night. Yeah. yeah they just got him updated. Okay. I, updated. I thought I was looking at updated ones, but okay. Well, yeah, 300, whatever you said, um, you know, and... For a quarterback, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's really good. That's a, I mean, that's what you would call a weapon. For a kid that can throw for seventeen hundred yards in the air and run for over three hundred on the ground in just eight games, uh, yeah, that's a that's a playmaker, I'll say. Um, but you know, just generally speaking, I am not exactly sure what to think of this team. To be quite honest, uh, they've had quite the interesting schedule, as you uh, mentioned, Jason. Some extreme highs and some extreme lows. Uh, the first three games of their season, so the the non-district por- portion of their schedule, against an o, well, you know, ultimately speaking, an zero and eight Pekin, an zero and eight Central Lee, and a four and four Davis County. So not exactly the toughest competition in those non-district games. And they, but I mean, they took care of business. They scored nearly sixty points per game. Uh, the next two to to kick off their district schedule against Central Lee and Van Buren, uh, you know, under 500 teams for the whole season. Um, they they come out of that first five games undefeated at five and zero, but you know things are about to flip. Uh, the next two against Sigourney Kyoto and Pella Christian, who are both top ten teams in Class One A, those games weren't even close. Uh, final game against Pleasantville, who's just a good solid team. Um, Pleasantville won that one. I mean, by what one point? Um, and Pleasant Pleasantville needed that one to get into the playoffs. I think so. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. They've got. They've got those skill positions as we talked about with Maddox Jones, Griffin Griner, um, Ian Lyles. But the it's. I just can't quite put my finger on what um, what their trouble was uh, in these last three games, other than playing really good teams. <laughs> but. That, that's what you're going to face in the playoffs are really good teams to the caliber of Sigourney, Kyoto, and Pella Christian. So um, I'm interested to hear about the game Friday and uh, watch it back eventually to see uh, see what, what, what West Branch can do. When you look at the numbers, at strictly the scoring numbers from offense and defense, on the season, West Branch is giving up 26 points, or is scoring 26 points, and giving up just shy of 13. Both of those rank in the top 18 of all 48 schools in Class 1A. You look at Cardinal, Eldon Cardinal, Eldon, Iowa, Cardinal, Iowa, whichever one you want to say, they are fourth 
in the entire class averaging 41 points per game. They are 32nd, which is in which is in the bottom two-thirds of this class in scoring defense. They've given up 26 points per game. Now, a couple of those were against a, two of the better teams in the entire class, and Sigourney Kyoto put up 50, and Pella Christian put up 52. But take that away. This team could put up points. They can do it quickly. And as I said before, they're going to do it in numerous ways. I mean, they're average, what, 1,700, Steve? 1,702 passing yards? That's what, 200 and I've got 12? them for 220 yards through the air and 150 yards on the ground. There you go. 370 yards of total offense. I'm betting that probably almost trumps West Branch by 60 to 80 yards. Jay. On, on a game. Yes. Six, 63 and a half points over under. Oh, over under on this game? Yeah, the, what's the over? 63 and a half over under. Oh, under. If it's over, West Branch loses the football game. If they're give if 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 a team scores 35, 42 points on you, I don't care who you are, you should lose. You're probably going to lose the football game. You know, then it's not the NCAA unfortunately where you've got teams that are putting up 51. Big 12. The Big 12, they don't care. They're okay. I'm going to score 50. We're going to give up 40, and we don't care. They've got multiple, multiple playmakers. But Class 1A football in Eastern Iowa, it doesn't quite work that way. Hey, Jay Bird, I've got us for um, 255 yards per game, 189 on the ground and 66 through the air. So that's looking at you're looking at about a 120-yard differential. Does that sound about right, Stephen? Yep. Well, that is a storyline right there. West Branch's defense obviously has been it's it's calling card they've been the lunch pail crew for west branch against the very very high powered cardinal comet offense that is the storyline whoever comes up if whichever one whichever unit has the advantage on friday be it five percent ten percent or more that is the team that's going to be victorious on friday it's going to be a fun game gents i I'm excited just for some postseason football uh, again, you know, in West Branch, and uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna, I think it's gonna be one of those games that people are gonna talk about for a while, because Cardinals Cardinal could put some points up. West Branch doesn't like giving them up. You know, this Comet team they are chock full of seniors, um, and I am sure that uh, after losing the last three games, they uh, they don't want to lose a fourth one to end their season. Uh, in West Branch Friday night. So uh, I expect them to, to come out hungry, come out prepared. Um, yeah, going to be a tough game. I know, Matt, you're a computer guy. You love this programming and all this stuff. Uh, that BC Moore fella who doesn't have all the, that you know, he's wrong a lot. But just for fun, he thinks this game is going to be, see, West Branch is at 133.54. Let me do, I'm sorry, let me try that again. West Branch is at 147.07, Cardinal 144.58. So he thinks West Branch is about a three-point favorite, which, correct me if I'm wrong, in the gambling circles, because I know you guys are big-time Vegas guys, uh, a three-point favorite is basically a home-field advantage. Well, we don't play games on paper. But we don't play games on paper, and we're looking forward to seeing it on the hallowed grounds of 
of Butch all those Field. Butch Peters Field at, at the Little Rose, Rose Bowl on, on Alphen Street in, historic, in downtown, downtown historic West town West Branch, sponsored by Main Street Suites. You'd think that our uh, you know hometown PA announcer would have that just rolling off of his tongue every time, but portalettes. <laughs> Portalettes are more important, and you know you got to announce 173 names <laughs> on a Friday night. I kind of lost track of what I was wanting to say a lot of times, so just getting my voice back from it too. Get in the game with the mobile app from Fidelity Bank and Trust. Do your banking during the game without missing a play. Learn more at bankfidelity.bank. Fidelity Bank and Trust, your hometown bank and proud supporter of the West Branch Bears. Member FDIC. Picks to click. And boy, are we excited for week nine. The postseason means it's a fresh slate. All of our one-timers, if you've chosen one or you haven't, you can choose them this week. And any continuing weeks beyond, well, they only get them one time no. in the playoffs. No, nope. they're no. available for every week. Yeah, everything's Love. out the window. Yeah, It's like Christmas come early. Speaking of Christmas coming early, Matt, tell us all about last week and how well you did. (laughs) (laughs) He got the over-unders. He got week eight picks to click. He's just, he's on a roll. I'm on a roll. I'm sure the Vikings are going to win this week in overtime or something crazy. Yeah, they don't, uh, they've done that a lot already this year. I mean, they're an overtime team. (sighs) All right, Matt, I'm going to talk about about it. it. Let's go on. (laughs) I wish they could just win one convincingly. Well, I guess I had that one against Seattle. That wasn't. Really close, but anyway, yeah. West Branch. Uh, Jason, you had Cole Bailey. Yes. Yeah. Good. Good game. Hey, I, he led the way for you know two of those four touchdowns. Like he was the pulling guard. So that that's pretty good. That's two touchdowns. <laughs> uh, well, my guy Cash Woody had a long reception and a game ceiling interception. So okay. uh, I'll take that. Uh, probably a couple nice tackles too. He. I just I love what he does. Jared Jared talks about this too on the Bearcast, but we're just I think everyone's really impressed what he's been able to do from his safety position. Steven, you had Drake Berry. He wears number seventy seven, so that's just I mean It's well, a great yeah. number, Steve. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. That's part of my Wi Fi password. There you go, see? It might be part of mine too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least one of those numbers is in there. Yeah. So. All right. So how about this week? Uh, I am first, and I'm going back to the well. Wyatt Fedelin. Good answer. No, Good enough answer. said. Stephen Grace. You know, I'm going to go back to my week two. I'm going to go with Brady Hunger. I think it's going to be a key game defensively that, you know, those linebackers especially are going to have to make sure that they're either helping get some pressure or they're helping cover some of those underneath routes and making sure that Cardinal's not getting some of those big plays. And so I think Brady's going to be a guy that's going to make some noise and do some good things. And who knows, maybe he'll sneak into the end zone for a passing reception too. Jason Miller. It's a tough choice, but I'm going to go with, hmm. What's his name? Oh, shoot. He has his... Oh, darn it. Is his name written on the bottom of a a toy cowboy? Andy Henson. It was. Matt read my mind. He already had Andy Henson typed in. I'm going to go with Andy Henson. And, yeah, he's going to get the ball a lot. But when you've got a versatile and a a dual threat kind of quarterback, those guys on the outside, Stephen, play a big role. 
Brady Hunger, Andy Henson. We've got the bookends covered. And Wyatt's in the middle to help out along. He's an outside guy too. Those are going to be big, big players. Matt took him because, you know, he's not superstitious. (laughs) But he also, he's going to play, his foot is going to play a big role with the special teams. But little did he know, these three guys right there, along with Cole Bailey, of course, plugging up the middle. But those three guys that we chose against a versatile quarterback like that he is are going to have to, those fl- out there on the flats, they are going to play big. And the Bears are going to need that. When you're looking at the offensive numbers that you got, we've talked about 150 yards rushing, 220 yards passing a game. We could have chosen the two big guys out on the outside too. And big guys named Holden Arneman and... That guy who has really, really played well each and every week since he's been slotted out there, Kale Seidel. If Wyatt gets another tackle on the referee, I think I automatically win. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that was definitely PI on the ref. <laughs> yes. It was. I can't believe it. I mean, he, he, gosh, he was in such. And he was in. The ref was in a good position to make the play, too. He was. He didn't have to do anything. In and the best well, position to see the play, too. Yes, and boy, was he watching it. There's no doubt he was watching the play, the ball, and or play and not the ball, per se. So Wyatt Fedlin for Matt, Stephen had Brady Hunger, I had Andy Henson, and we all have the Bears as our real pick-to-click, and we sure hope they do. Wrapping things up, Stephen, I know you do it the best. Go right ahead. Go to the website, find stuff, go to the internet. You can get us on social, at WB Bears Football, search on Facebook, you know, it's all out there. YouTube, find us with the Bearcat or the Talking Bear Football Podcast. It's all on the internet, all at your fingertips. And Matt, we got to say, you know, we're getting to that nothing's guaranteed after this week time of the year. So since the program is coming, maybe coming to an end over the next, well, in about five weeks, we want to make sure that the people that help make this possible get a big kudo as well. Yeah, huge thanks to, of course, Browns West Branch, uh, Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in West Branch Ford uh, for their uh, sponsorship of, of the the podcast here and the Bearcast all season long. Uh, also, a big thank you to Cornerstone Real Estate Consultants, EMS Detergent Services, Fidelity Bank and Trust, member FDIC, the Full Wider Insurance Agency, Hodge Construction, the Hoover Presidential Foundation, Main Street Suites and the Cheese Balls, Marcy Willier with the Urban Acres Real Estate, uh, Touched by Power Massage Therapy, and of course, the West Branch Times. Kickoff Friday is at 7 p.m. at the Little Rose Bowl. On your calendar, that is October the Double Deuce, 22nd. The Bearcast pregame starts at 6.30. How'd I do with my cadence there, Stephen? Okay? Perfect. <laughs> I tried. I'm just trying to follow the best. It's going to be exciting. Give us a... I want... Let's flip a coin. Hold on. I'm looking at it. Matt, mm. give us a little pep talk. Oh, man. I am not good with these, and you know that. Well, how about Steven? Give us yeah. a good pep talk. You know what? I will, I've will. i said it before to these guys, and I'll probably say it again uh, as we keep going. Um, kind of like I alluded to earlier, we are an unselfish team. Uh, the T-shirts that we made for this season and that we also have for the playoffs, rise as one, win together. That's what it is, boys. You just got to continue to rise up. And if you do have something where you get knocked down, go pick your brother up, get back after it the next play, and just work together. Make it look like 
11 guys working in unison as one unit out there. You're one football team. You do that every single play, and good things are going to happen. It's the Talking Bear Football Podcast. Right here on WestBranch.Football. Presented by the Browns West Branch Family of Dealerships. And until next Sunday, or whenever this gets on your chosen podcasts, airwave or on the YouTube, we ask you to take care, everyone.